Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. It's okay. So, I'm President so Avery, you don't have to apologize. Okay, sorry. No, stop. Sorry. Stop apologizing. <laughs> stop apologizing. Okay. Randall, Randolph, Randall, Randolph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My eyeball hurts. Okay. Are you done? Okay. (laughs) I think he's done. I think for now. Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. It's very late. It is very late. (laughs) It's almost tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Welcome to the Insomnia Report. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. And we are the two friends that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. night. Welcome to episode 18. Ah, see, now we are legal adults. We talked about it last time. Yep. We were we almost legal adults. And no, now we, we are. We can vote. We can get lotto tickets. Mm, we can join the military. We, we can buy cigarettes. We can get a tattoo. Oh, great. Goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first episode with us, welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back. We're so happy you're here. Today is a Things We Wish We Learned in School episode. So hopefully it'll be informative and educational. Get your notebooks. Yeah, get your mechanical pencils out. I typically go... Oh, wait, my God, I was not going to... Who am I? What What? am I doing? I was about to get into my story, but I didn't even do the the thing we do. What's been keeping you up at night? Um, Literally everything. (laughs) Literally Literally everything. Literally everything. I, I say this every week. However, we are closing out like the fiscal year for my client... And we are doing a quarterly review, a 2020 recap, a 2021 plan. There's just a lot going on at work. So I've been staying up till like 2 a.m. working every night. And I get up around like 7 to start working. So I think on Wednesday and Thursday collectively, I was running on like seven hours of sleep total. Oh, my God. Like I called my mom thursday night and i was like telling her about my day or whatever and i was was so tired like i could not make sentences i think she thought i was intoxicated because i was like oh Oh my god well i hope you can get some sleep soon it's me too for for everyone's sake uh what about you i don't know i don't really have anything i mean work's been busy too Mm -hmm. but i've I've just been staying up really late for no reason Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what insomnia is. Do I have insomnia? Maybe. I mean, insomnia report. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, well, so I, mm, so I just scroll a lot, you know, yeah. on social media, but Lent begins on Wednesday mm-hmm. next week. 
And I always give up social media for Lent. I'm excited for you. And it's going to be really hard this time. I mean, it's hard every time. But But especially in a pandemic. Especially now when I have nothing else to do but scroll on social media. So, yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be cleansing. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. Stay tuned for updates. (laughs) As I slowly go mad. As you, like, form a new knitting hobby and literally everything is covered in yarn, eh? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I come into the living room and there's papers everywhere. (laughs) It's like, I cracked the Da Vinci code. (laughs) Margo's begging me, get back on Twitter. I'm going to light it. Where's the candle? It's on my lap. Oh. The candle's name is Murray, by the way. Murray. Because it has myrrh in it. Kristen named the candle. Okay. Tell me something that I didn't learn in school. Wait. I I wanted to say thank you. Um, Shout out to Elizabeth because I had horrible week and i was very stressed out and she got me a dr pepper and there's a dr pepper shortage and that's just like my love language so thank you you are so welcome i do this a lot and i apologize roses are red elizabeth looks good in blue i'm unoriginal so here's another holiday history for you oh oh my god why didn't i think about this duh and this comes out on valentine's day Oh, my God. Oh. I forgot Sunday was Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, happy Valentine's Day, Sleepy Happy Hayes. Valentine's Day. We love you love very you much. <clears throat> Cards, chocolates, chubby babies with arrows. I'm typically one to roll my eyes at Hallmark holidays. I I actually don't mind Valentine's Day because I I love chocolate. And I I think it's, it's cute, but when it's, like, too mushy-gushy or... I don't know. Like, mm. I, I just feel as if if you care about someone, you should celebrate them without it being warranted. But mm. I think it's also a nice reminder. So I'm like on the fence with this one. But angsty Margot would be like, Ugh, you should just do it for people anyway. Or like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess that was when I was in my late teens, early 20s and mm-hmm. like super single. I was just like, <laughs> I hate everything. Um, yeah. I'm like more open to it. But I, again, like I think Hallmark holidays are yeah i agree with what's you. your take no i mean i think it's like fine yeah. like you know if you want to like do something special then do it i think it's just fun to but, celebrate people or yeah i don't know but also yeah it shouldn't be the only day that you're celebrating the people in your life right that you love because it's important to recognize them all the time especially now this has been a psa especially now i'm gonna buy myself flowers maybe oh and I might not, though. I don't know. <laughs> I might just get a flower at the store and just be like, do I? Do I not? <laughs> and they'll be like, ma'am. Anyway, we're going way back, as we typically do. But I mean, like, way back to a festival called Lupercalia, which has been celebrated for about 1,200 years. That's a long-ass time. It's not currently celebrated. But, I mean, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, so, very long time. That's always a trend, but, I mean, going back. But it's cool because, you know, that's how traditions start. Like, with Halloween, it was Samhain, and that was back with the Druids. So, with Valentine's Day, no one really knows the origin, but it's speculated to date back to the 6th century of B.C. Long time ago. 
That's a really long time. That's a really long time ago. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the history of Rome or the myth about how it started. However, I'm going to give you a crash course anyway, just to refresh your noggin. And King Amulus had twin nephews, and he ordered them to be thrown into the Tiber River, all because their mother broke a promise of celibacy. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she had kids, right? Right. I mean, first of all, don't judge people for making decisions about their own body, but I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> so a civilian or a servant of, you know, the, the king or, or some good Samaritan thought this wasn't okay and good on them. And they decided to go to the river and put the twins in a basket and float them down the river instead of just like... I'm getting Moses vibes from this. Sort of, yeah. I mean, they all kind of, anything with a river and a basket and a baby. <laughs> a baby. <laughs> the river god Tiburnus, Tiber- Tiburnus, tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the river god Tiburnus. Yeah, because it's the Tiber River. So the river god Tiburnus carried it down, so he guided the basket, but then eventually it got stuck by a fig tree. Not in a fig tree, but like it was in between the branches of a fig tree by the river. I don't know the details. I wasn't there. But then he was like, all right, I guess I did my thing. So it got stuck in a fig tree. Then a she-wolf rescued the twins and took them in as her own. As their own. And that is actually the place where the city of Rome was founded because eventually the boys were adopted by humans and... It it was a shepherd and his wife, and they were teaching the sons, like, you know, the trade and everything. But then I don't know what made the shepherd's brother angry, but apparently they wanted the boys to be killed. I don't know if mm-hmm. they were like, oh, those are the twins. I don't, I would, don't know. Mm-hmm. However, they wanted to, like, kill them. And so the boys eventually went back to the she-wolf in her cave, and they named her Lupercal. And Luper, Lupine, and Lupercal actually means wolf. Lupin. That was my next bullet, which is why Professor Lupin is a a hint from J.K. Rowling, because... Mm, Yeah. yeah. So a little nerdy fun fact for you. He's my favorite professor at Hogwarts. The cave is on the base of Palatine Hill, and it's also called the Lupercal Cave. So the festival, Lupercalia, was celebrated on February 15th, and it would start at the cave. Now, what they would do is they took a goat and a dog, and they would get sacrificed. Oh. I know. Uh... I don't love that either, but in an article from Mental Floss, according to scholar Keith Hopkins, this was really odd for its time. I mean, even for its time, because these were uncommon animals to sacrifice. Typically, they were pigs, bulls, or sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone would get naked or nearly naked. Oh. And then two young men would go around and start slapping everyone with the goat skin. <laughs> like the one that they just killed? Yeah. Oh, my God. They would <laughs> take the skin and just start yakking. And- <laughs> what? 
Come on, it's a good time. You've never been whacked by goat skin? I, I cannot say that I have. Well, you haven't lived. Okay. Well, let's go to Rome. <laughs> All right, let's do uh see you monday but <laughs> honestly it's so romantic i don't know how this tradition died but according to history.com lupercalia was and i quote lupercalia was a bloody violent and sexually charged celebration was it like men and women together mm-hmm. okay so goats were actually a symbol of sexuality and women believed that getting slapped by goat skin would help with fertility mm. so women would actually line up and get slapped by these goat skins. I don't know who thought of this was a good idea. I'd be like, you know what sounds fun? <laughs> I'm just picturing these lines of naked women just waiting. <laughs> and then one by one, just like... I know, just hit me with your, <laughs> with your goat skin. Oh. Um, it was also said that dogs were a symbol of purity, which makes it a little bit more sad to me. But I speculate that it was to honor the she-wolf, I guess. Because... Mm. I know in, I mean, this is completely different, but like in Mayan civilizations, like they would sacrifice anyone who was really good at something or the winner because it's like, oh, they get to go be a god now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the same thing, but I, yeah. I don't know why they did. But that makes sense. It was a goat and a dog. I'm mm. sorry. But altogether, it sounds like a horrible frat party. <laughs> Additionally, some sources say that women would write their names down on a clay tablet and they would put it in a yearn and am I saying that right? A yearn. Ur- an urn. <laughs> a yearn. <laughs> a yearn for thee. They, I mean, basically. So they would put their names in a, a clay pot and then men would randomly pick a name and they would find a match. And then I guess it was like early speed dating. Yeah. And... Wow, it's you know, kind of like Tinder. Kind of. Oh my God, yeah. Ancient Tinder. <laughs> See, it's not so new. Except you don't get a, a choice if you swipe left or right. It's like, yeah. that's your match. You get get. Or married at first sight or something. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Very interesting. But um, they would be your match and they would actually be your match until next year's festival. So you hmm. would like be with them for like a year so that also sounds like a weird date and show where it's like, can you actually be with this person for a million dollars? Or Oh, I recently learned a German word that that reminds me of. I think it's Lebensabschnittsgefährte. Right. Yeah. Of course. And that's very <laughs> similar. It means hit me with your goat skin. <laughs> and as far as I know, it's like someone who's just like in your life for like, oh, let me look this up real quick. Sorry. So it's a like a periodic life partner so like someone you're with even though you know you probably won't stay with them forever oh kind of thing Lebensabschnittsgefährte. Hmm. so yeah ancient lupin tinder looper looper <laughs> Lu- linder yeah linder I don't know. No. Most of the time, you know, because they were your match until the next year's festival, a lot of the times they actually fell in love and got married. So that's good for them. But Mm -hmm. it'd be so awkward if you were like, um, put my name back in that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like at the reunion of all the like dating shows, it's like they're cross stars (laughs) and they're like, we didn't work out. Girls tell all. (laughs) Early fashion, uh, they would make thongs out of the goat's hide. It got worse. <laughs> it got worse. Oh, just wait. <laughs> and then they would smear the blood 
and goat milk on their faces, and they were expected to smile. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> smile, baby. <laughs> smile, honey. No. You should smile more. <laughs> Ew. Ew. No. As time went on, I guess it got less wild. But what's shocking is it lasted for many, many years later. It wasn't until the end of the 5th century in year 495 AD. So started in 1200 BC. Mm. That's a long time. Yeah. And uh, Pope Glacius wrote a letter to a senator and said it should be abolished because he's like, this is not, I don't think this is good. <laughs> I think that's around the time that Rome fell. Yeah, maybe. It was because they canceled the festival yeah. and the people rioted. I, I could be totally wrong. I had one class on Roman college and I don't remember anything. I think I slept during the class. It's okay. <laughs> anyway. You missed the goat skin part. Like, I, ob yeah, <laughs> obviously I slept through some important things. <laughs> um. But yeah, he, he wrote a letter to his senators, so write to your senators and <laughs> things will happen. But yeah, so that's why Rome fell. No, I'm kidding. I'm not sure, but I, I like that theory. It was probably just bad because he couldn't slap a girl with some goat skin. Or probably. his match didn't work out, <laughs> so he was better. So how does this relate to Valentine's Day? According to History.com, there are actually three different Catholic saints uh, around the Roman time with the names Valentine or uh, Valentinus. So all of them were actually martyrs, all three of them. Mm. And Valentine, one of them was a priest in uh, third century Rome. The emperor Claudius said, you know what? Single men should be soldiers instead of married men. Like, they don't need to be tied down. So young men are not going to get married. And he made that decree. So Valentine said, well, that's not cool. You know, like, people should be able to marry whoever they want. So an ancient activist, if you will. He then decided uh, he was not going to let that happen. So he defied the emperor and he would marry young lovers in secret. And I love that. Me yeah, too. He obviously got caught and he was killed. So during the same time frame, there was another man named Valentine or Valentine. And he was actually trying to help Romans escape prison where they were being tortured. So he actually went to jail mm. for being secretive or, or going against the law and trying to help people. And... Story goes that when he was in jail, he fell in love with someone. It's speculated that it could have been, like, the prison guard's daughter or, or mm. something. And apparently, he wrote her a love letter, and it was signed, From Your Valentine. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. So, like any legend, I mean, truth is up in the air. It's all legend. But still a romantic figure, nonetheless, both of them. St. Valentine was the most popular saint in England and France. And it's actually up for debate which Valentine we're actually celebrating. Hmm. Between the years 1370 and 1380, English poet Geoffrey Chaucer wrote a poem called Parliament of Fowls, and it had a line that contained, For this was on St. Valentine's Day. 
where every bird comes there to choose his mate, end quote. So during this time frame, this is kind of like when the romantic era and like mm. ideology and everything kind of like came around. So him and other writers of the time apparently wrote original romance novels like the OG. <laughs> and they told tales of, you know, romances between nobles and ladies, like and knights who were in love, but they couldn't marry because whatever reason. And inspired by this, nobles started writing poems to their love interests and called them valentines because of that line in that poem. And, like, throughout history around that time, I'm sorry, I didn't write this down. I don't remember what king it was, but he hired a writer to, like, write a love letter to his queen. So then eventually that started picking up. Because of Joffrey... That is kind of the reason why we have, like, a valentine or, like, we put something tangible to that name or, like, created something from it. So if it wasn't for him, like, wow, we would be celebrating, like, Joffrey Day or something. I don't know. <laughs> now, so that's basically kind of, like, the history over the years that obviously, like, developed. The last thing I will add is we're missing a, a really big component here, and this keeps me up. How the hell is the symbol of Valentine's Day a chubby little baby? <laughs> I'd like to know. So I found out. and <laughs> A violent one at that. <laughs> yes. Cupid was a Roman god and he, or I mean, you know how the Romans and, and Greek have similar. Mm, it's mm. like, hey, can I copy your homework? And it's like, okay, just make sure like it's a little <laughs> different. So um, Cupid was a Roman god. It also has origins of the Greek god of love, Eros. Cupid was the son of Mercury, and who was the winged messenger, and mm. um, he was the winged messenger of the gods, and mom was Venus, who was the goddess of love. So that was their little love child. <laughs> and he had a gold arrow. There's some, like, versions of him where he would also be wearing, like, armor and be this, you know, guy, but because he was winged from his dad and he got his love from his mama... He had this bow that whenever he, like, would strike someone with it, they would instantly, like, feel love. So he was a little malicious guy, and he liked to cause mayhem because he just liked to strike random gods or morals and play with their emotions. Hmm. So the story goes that um, one of the goddesses was jealous because the god that she liked liked a mortal, and she was like... Not okay. So this is very Bachelor season 25 because it's like (laughs) she can't like her. So she goes up to Cupid and says, I want you to strike this girl and make her fall in love with a monster. But plot twist, when Cupid goes to this beautiful mortal girl, he actually falls in love with her. Oh. So she was sent home (laughs) for being a bully. (laughs) <laughs> and that is the story of Valentine's Day Aww, and is, how it started. Is Cupid, like, why is he a baby all the time, though? Um, little, little chubby baby. is Cupid a baby? Cupid is, quite literally, the child of the goddess of love, Venus, 
in classic Greek and Roman art, Cupid was slender winged boy. So kind of like Mercury, how mm. he had like the wings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guess later artists showed him starting to eat more. <laughs> he got more chubby. Okay, um, sure. I'll take it. I, You know, same. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, actually. Oh, that's okay. Why a baby? Hold on. Maybe they're innocent and pure. That's honestly, like, all the articles I'm, I'm reading say that that's, like, one of the biggest mysteries. It's, like, no you know, one knows. Aside from, like, what chocolates to get your sweetie, like, why is it a baby? So I guess my answer was not answered. <laughs> my answer was, <laughs> I guess my question was not answered, but. Um, I bet there was, like, one person who started it and was like haha wouldn't it be funny if i made cupid a baby and then everyone else was like like what's this i love it yeah like Like, baby yoda it's just it's so cute cute." (laughs) i guess so like i don't understand cherubs anyway like i don't know i don't know i guess it's like pure and innocent and like sweet i who knows that let's but yeah basically he was like mischievous and troublemaking and Mm -hmm. like like to play with people but then eventually he was the one that's like I love you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the why he's a baby remains a mystery, but here are some random facts. It wasn't until the 1840s that mass-produced valentines started to become a thing. They were produced in the U.S. sold by Esther Howland, known as the mother of Valentine's Day. Based on 2019 data, Americans spent over $20 billion in Valentine's Day gifts. Oh, my God. People are likely to, on average, spend $196 a person. Mm. Men typically spend around 291 And each year, Americans send 145 million Valentine's cards each year. Wow. And that's from an article uh, from Good Housekeeping. Do you remember in elementary school when we had to make those Valentine's boxes and put our Valentine's in everyone else's? That, honestly, I loved it because I loved reading the card. So I think that's why I like it because I thought it was like nice to just like hear it from mm. people. I remember I had a crush on this kid and I would always hand make my Valentine's like every year. I never bought them and I would always make sure to put extra stickers on his. Aww. If you don't have a Valentine, know that you are loved. And I hope you do something for yourself. And wait. What? I'll be right back. Ow. Oh, okay. I'll be here. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, it's a Kinder Joy. I love Kinder Joy. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much. Oh my god, you're welcome. I wonder what toy is inside. I'll eat it. I'll eat it later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll eat it right now. Yeah, well, thank you. We'll have to follow up on what the toy is. Yeah. If it's a race car, I want it. Thanks for oh. being my gal pal. Thank you. Cool. I think it's interesting how like little things in history end up being really important later. Yeah. Like it makes me think about what right now is going to end up being a thing later. You know? Yeah. It's kind of, it's weird. No, I, like, the Halloween episode, all those little dumb suppers and, like, the 
seances and I don't know it's just it's so interesting and a lot of them Mm. are like rooted on sacrifices and nature and weird and it's like how do we evolve to fat babies (laughs) baby 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 so tell me something or don't like I will okay I I hope you would (laughs) I'm gonna follow the pattern of you doing a really nice sort of lighthearted topic and me doing I think we needed that this week (laughs) we really yeah we did we did we did we deserved it it's all about love. Love It dub. is. It is. Well, yeah. So mine's a little less happy, but, but it's like not terrible. It's not. I'm, I'm well, sure we'll it's see. not the worst one we'll do by far. I'm sure. Yeah. I've, I've done worse already. Today, we're talking about battlefields and freedom and the first woman to lead an armed military operation in the United States. Joan of Arc? No, that's not. In the U.S. <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> before our time. Before our time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so close. Oh, not, almost. Not even. <laughs> we should talk about her sometime, though. Yeah, she was pretty cool. She was cool. So I got a lot of this info from the podcast, Uncivil, which okay. I think I mentioned last time. It's really great. Highly recommend. It's hosted by journalists Chendrai Kumanika and Jack Hitt. And it's about the Civil War and looks at white supremacy and how that's carried into our society today and just tells a lot of interesting stories about that time in history that maybe we haven't heard about. And this is one of them. Yay! Also, it's Black History Month. Yay! Here's how it went down. It's 1863 in the United States. Okay. The Civil War has been raging on for over two years already. And in case you don't know, maybe you're not from the U.S. or you're just not brushed up on your Civil War history, that's okay. The Civil War, the American Civil War, began when southern states began to secede from the Union. They wanted to create their own country, the Confederate States of America, where they could be free to perpetuate the institution of slavery, owning black human beings and profiting off of their free labor the labor that built this country yeah yeah that one that that war it was fought over slavery that's what it was president abraham lincoln issued it's his birthday today what yeah how old would he be it's 1809 wait oh my god it's his 212th birthday and it was his birthday is 212 oh my god it's like his golden birthday or something it's like his platinum his diamond <laughs> his diamond yeah. birthday yes that's okay. amazing that you know that thank you for sharing because i had no idea i mean i don't like have it in my phone to wish him <laughs> a happy birthday i saw it somewhere happy birthday abraham president abraham lincoln issued the emancipation proclamation on january 1st 1863 which said that quote all persons held as slaves within the states that seceded from the union are and hence forward shall be free so it basically said the people who were enslaved in the confederate states were free now it had some limitations on some other states it wasn't all encompassing it wasn't like everyone's free like let's celebrate it was sort of a it it wasn't but it yeah that's what it said so in comes harriet tubman Born into slavery in Maryland around 1820, she escaped to freedom in 1849. 
and is perhaps most well-known as a conductor of the Underground Railroad, guiding enslaved people to freedom. In 1863, where our story takes place, she was working in Port Royal, South Carolina, as a volunteer for the Union Army on an island not too far from Hilton Head, actually. She washed clothes, she worked as a teacher and a nurse, and then she took on an even bigger job, a spy. Her mission was to destroy slavery in the low country coastal areas of South Carolina, along with the plantations. The story has another character, too. Colonel James... Sanders. (laughs) No. (laughs) But he's just as interesting. (laughs) Um, Um. (laughs) Colonel James Montgomery. He was a white Union officer from Kansas who was known for being a Jayhawker, which is basically a radical militant abolitionist who fought pro-slavery groups with violent raids. Okay. So... Uh, in the podcast, I think someone described him as, like, a terrorist for good. <laughs> Apparently, back in Kansas one time, some guys, like, came to his farm and attacked him. And then he tracked them back to where they lived and burned the entire town down. Oh. So this is just, like, gives you an idea of the kind of person he was okay. and his tactic. Yeah, so he was known for guerrilla-style raids And he employed that during the war as well. He was obviously a colonel. And his raids were designed to damage the Confederacy's food supplies and material supplies. And he has a quote where he was talking about his methods and he said, quote, We are outlawed and therefore not bound by the rules of regular warfare. So he wanted to do things his way, which were a little different than the normal way. I mean, that's how history's made, you know? Exactly. In South Carolina, Montgomery commanded the 2nd Regiment South Carolina Volunteer Infantry African Descent in Port Royal. So it was a black regiment in the Union Army. He was recruiting free black men, even though arming black men was forbidden by the Union higher-ups in the North. But... He said, and excuse my French, fuck that. That's not a direct <laughs> quote, but <laughs> but that was kind of his attitude towards yeah. everything. And he did it anyway. Enslaved men would escape to Port Royal where he was and enlist, but he wanted more men. He needed more men. He was hungry for soldiers, so they he decided. He was a cannibal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> He wanted... (laughs) Sorry, that was so stupid. It's like Army Hammer. (laughs) It always comes back to that. Montgomery decided they were going to raid the plantations in the area to recruit more men while freeing slaves and destroying Confederate supplies and livelihoods, which he loved to do. They really wanted to hurt the Confederacy economically. That was the main goal. So... Harriet Tubman was working in Port Royal with Colonel Montgomery, and one of the things she did was debrief the former slaves who escaped to their encampment, and so she acquired a lot of intelligence that way and information. 
She took that information, put it together, and communicated it to the people who needed to know it. One person on the podcast said that she wasn't James Bond, but she was M. Oh. way more important. Right. She's the brains of the operation. Exactly. And one of Tubman's descendants uh, said a quote that I thought was interesting. She said, quote, there had to be a lot of spy in you to be black and survive. Montgomery and Tubman worked together to plan a large raid to destroy eight wealthy rice plantations, rescue enslaved people, and enlist freed men into the Union Army and then make it out alive. And it seemed really reckless, but they were determined to do it. Harriet Tubman also had eight scouts who would sneak onto the plantations and inform people of their plans and help map out the area. So she also knew the ins and outs of the land really well, which was helpful. So on June 1st, 1863 at 9 p.m. It was go time. Tubman Montgomery and their men boarded three gunboats and steered them through the harbor to the Cumbie River. The challenging part is that there were mines in the river, like the ones that explode, and the ships had to avoid them or else they would be blown up. Jeez. Yeah. And many rivers had cannons but the confederates took them out of a few places including the cumbie river where they were so that was an advantage as well Mm. and formerly enslaved people who had escaped who had placed the mines themselves told harriet tubman where they were so that was really helpful so they could just like avoid them okay which was nice and one article i was reading mentioned that Tubman couldn't read or write, so she had to commit everything to memory, My goodness. which is amazing. I would fail the first day. Oh, me too. Me I'd too. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> so what do I do after wake up? And <laughs> yeah. And then get on the boat? Like, I know we just hung up, but can you, like, walk me through it one more time? I'm so sorry. I know that when you asked if I had any questions, I said, no, I'll get on my end. And then I asked you, like, the whole thing again. Yeah. Yeah. No. I... I feel you 100%. That's amazing. Yeah. So she guided the ships essentially along the river, avoiding the mines, and they sat all night in silence at the mouth of the river. And then when dawn came, they got to the first plantation, and people were already out working, And Harriet Tubman was there. Some of the ships split off. So she was there on the John Adams. That was the name of the ship with 150 men. And the soldiers got off the ship. They ran to the plantations. The enslaved people there saw them and figured out what was going on. And then like en masse ran over and they were running with their entire families while the black soldiers in rowboats transported them to the main ship. And the people who were escaping, they were carrying all sorts of stuff. They were carrying food and farm animals. All the while, the plantation owners and Confederate soldiers were shooting at them, and it was very chaotic. And one report said that Tubman went out to the deck of the ship and sang an abolitionist song to calm everyone down. Aw. And I guess it worked. One quote from Tubman about the evening 
describes a woman who came onto the ship and brought two pigs, a white one and a black one. They named the white pig um, Beauregard <laughs> and the black pig Jeff Davis after PGT Beauregard, who was the Confederate general who started the war. Oh. And Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> so Love it. I thought that was kind of funny. All in all... Tubman and her men rescued over 700 people oh that gosh. day and brought them to freedom. Just that day? That mm-hmm. one day? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tubman helped it to, like, give you perspective on the un- Underground Railroad. Tubman helped free about 75 people over 10 years. Wow. We're on this night. Wait, 75 people? Yeah, like in total over a span of about 10 years. It's it's hyped up in, like, her biographies and stuff. There's a lot of inaccurate information that said she brought, like, hundreds of people through the Underground Railroad. Okay. But it was actually, they think, probably around, like, 70 or 75. Still amazing. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. But just to, like, yeah, yeah. compare that that night they rescued 700 people. Okay. Yeah. Which is so many. Yeah. And then the soldiers raided the plantations, stole everything they could use, and set them all on fire, burning them to the ground in true Montgomery style. They burned everything except the slave streets and slave quarters in case maybe they didn't leave and they needed somewhere to live. The soldiers hadn't been very well trained and had really no experience, but no one turned back or tried to run. Everyone was all in. And... As they fled down the river on their ship, the Confederates tried to stop them by firing on them, and they failed as well. And this whole mission was so successful that the Union Army used similar tactics in other raids with Tubman's help. And almost all of the freed um, men enlisted then in the Union Army as well. And by the end of the war, nearly... 10% of the U.S. Army was African-American. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that was the Cumbie Ferry Raid. And Harriet Tubman wasn't paid for any of this work, though, Mm. even though she tried to fight the government on it. Well. Because she was a woman. Of course. Mm -hmm. She earned less than $200 during the war and was denied a military pension and only got benefits later because she married a war veteran afterwards and then he died and she got um money yeah there's also a prominent black feminist group that call themselves the cumby river collective to honor her now in the spot where this happened there's a bridge named after harriet tubman very cool but yeah it just i thought that was like a really badass story and i've never heard it before yeah i hadn't either and they should make a movie about it they totally should. Well, I think there recently was a movie about Harriet Tubman. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it was about like this. Oh, okay. Actually, well, maybe. I Maybe they mentioned I have not. We should maybe watch it. Maybe it wasn't it. Yeah. We should watch it. Sure. We <laughs> say that every week. Like, let's watch it. Let's, let's watch, watch it. it. Let's we watch don't. it. <laughs> sc- that's why we yeah. have this topic, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Civil War is so interesting, and mm-hmm. it's so much more than like the very kind of boring We get the history. abridged like... We learn. The North was, like, cool with everyone. The South mm. wanted slaves. And then Abe Lincoln saved the day. And, mm-hmm. like, that's basically the extent of it. I remember, like, 
the invention of the cotton gin like made oh, yeah. made like their higher demand and that was yeah. kind of like a big point too. Mm. Anyway, did you know that in our hometown there is a spot where they stopped at the Underground Railroad? Oh yeah, actually I think I've heard that. Do it you know was the it the Durain house. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dunham house. Mhm. I think there might be one in Geneva too. Yeah, or Batavia or something. They're probably all of them because they're yeah. close together. Yeah, and it's like by the river, so they mm. probably, I don't know. That's interesting. It's cool. Mm. Thank you all so much for listening to Thank episode you. 18. Woo. Happy birthday, Abe. Happy birthday, Abe. Happy Thank Valentine's you for your service, Day. Harriet. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Palentine's Day. Mm. I don't know how you celebrate. It's okay. Just love yourself. That's what's important. We would like to give credit to the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colleen Whitlish and music production is by Justin Toom. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. Follow (laughs) us on social media on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at The Insomnia Report. Or if you have a suggestion for a topic or want to submit your own listener report, Email us at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. We would love to share listener reports. Yes. Drop us a line. Say hey. Yay. Tell us what you did for Valentine's Day. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us how you're celebrating Black History Month. Yeah. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. We love it when we do hear from you. It makes our day. It makes my heart smile. Mm. Tune in next week for another true crime episode. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. This is the Insomnia Report. Thanks so much for listening. Good night. Good night.